All spiritual growth is purely to consciously realize that we are all one and live every day in that positive mindset. The purpose of our lives is to complete an esoteric spiritual awakening and transformation where we are all consciously aware that we are one. The more we know about our higher selves intertwined with the universe and God as the essence of creation, the more meaningful it is to feel whole because we are one in the same. Everyone has energy within and the power transforms that energy into different vibrations and dimensions. Join Charlie May in the connection to self, your spirit guides and spirit angels. Ascend to higher frequencies, vibrations and other dimensions with the Spirit Guider. Welcome to the Spirit Guider. I'm your host, Charlie May. What's up, Lauren? Hi, how are you? I'm doing great. It's so nice to have you with me again. I'm so happy I can be back on here. Missed you. Missed you too. So let's dip into um, how we keep our energy into alignment All right. Without, without tapping into 3D. People always ask, and they've asked you, hey, how do you guys keep this high energy and vibrate on a different level and different dimension? And I have the answers, and so do you. What do you got for us? It varies from day to day. I have to constantly remind myself that life is happening for us, not to us. And that really helps me to go with the flow in situations more. I talk with my clients a lot about when they are experiencing resistance in certain areas of their life. It's really an indicator for us to look at things a little bit differently and to be open to other possibilities. And that ultimately, I think, allows us to kind of unplug from this collective energy that is just very low vibration. Lauren, a lot of people do come and ask how I stay in this high frequency and lift my energy into different dimensions. Why don't you tell me a little bit about what you do to keep your energy high? I think that there's always a starting point for people when they're experiencing firsthand the signs that they need to progress their energy. People get in low spots and they're not fulfilled in life. And there's always one step that you can start to begin your journey. Everybody's on this pathway and everybody wants to be fulfilled in life and everybody deserves to be fulfilled. In my opinion, there's always one step you have to do. I started with the laws of attraction, manifesting your dreams, manifesting your life, manifesting your fulfillments, manifesting everything that you have ever wanted. And I started to, to do that. And for me, where I felt that my energy vibrated higher than anything in this 3D world, was keeping my energy and my being out of 3D. And I know you understand that. Yes, for sure. We get stuck in the societal drama of the 3D world and your energy cannot vibrate any higher than third, fourth dimension. I never let my energy dip anywhere lower than fifth. It's not going to happen. We get stuck in the brainwashing of politicians, of TV, religions, even idols of famous people in 3D. I don't idle anybody. I idle myself mm -hmm. and the people that I love. And I don't dip into hate, into different religions. I don't get brainwashed into politicians, into politics. I vibrate on a higher level. I basically stay in a bubble. And it helps me get my frequency into 10th dimension. <laughs> now, you could say, wow, okay, um, you really are living on Earth. Why why do you think that you're not subject to being human? You know, I am human. I just don't let my energy dip into negativity, negative people, and everybody has intuition. 
You know negativity and you know negative energy when you're around it. Don't grow blind to it. I agree. I think especially right now, the narrative that has been pushed is fear and division. And so many of us are plugged into, again, those paradigms, those systems, the way we have to wake up and go to our nine to five, you've got to do this, that, and the other. And that can become exhausting to try to keep up with. And then people are not living the lives that they're supposed to live. They're living their lives in accordance to belief systems that have been put on them according to their shoulds. I should be doing this. I should be doing that. And I think for me, I did that for a very long time. I lived tied to the 3D completely. It was a roller coaster of emotions. I don't mean to interrupt you. Mm -hmm. What do you mean by, give me examples of what made you live in 3D? What examples of everyday life were you living in 3D? So when I was a financial advisor, I was very much geared towards money and making a lot of money. And then I was interacting with people that I genuinely wouldn't have picked out to interact with because you know, it was about developing those relationships. It was about bringing in that business. And it then, you know, your energy hangs on whether or not those deals go through. And that dictates a lot of your highs and lows. And pretty soon I got so consumed with creating this reality and this facade and this life that I thought I should be living that I can, I became completely unattached from who I was at soul level. I didn't even recognize myself at the end of the day. So it almost makes you, I don't want to say not human, but it takes the compassion and the empathy out of life so much when you are tied to things that don't really resonate with you when you are trying to get into these higher levels of consciousness. But at the time you were in 3D, and I don't think people realize they're living in 3D and they're totally unfulfilled. Were you totally unaware of living in 3D, that there was something else out there to think outside the box, that there's something more in this universe than living in this earthly drama that we're stuck in, where we are brainwashed to think something that is not true. Mm -hmm. I lived in that for a very long time. I used to believe that the way medicine worked, our medical systems with pharmaceuticals, with all of that was everything that was said was truth. I very much believed all of that. Um, I very much so believed that, uh, you know, money was a lot of that came from my dad, that money was everything that, you know, you have to have it to be happy. Of course you, you have to have, you don't have to have it to be happy, but yes, I would like to you live have a to comfortable survive. life. You got to survive. But there's different ways to attain money. Um, that is where I really differentiate it with. So therefore you can manifest it. Money is energy, but it doesn't have to be tied to the low frequency things that you think you have to do to obtain it. We get into this situation where we think that we can only accumulate so much in any given hour, day, week, whatever, because our job, our salary, whatnot, it doesn't work that way. And when you finally are able to pull out of that 3D-ness that we actually can manipulate energy and work with energy and manifest things, you have no boundaries on your life. But th this is why those systems are created because they want they don't want us to really realize how truly powerful we are. In my experience, it usually takes like a dramatic life event to really shake you to your core that then shakes all of the belief systems around you. That's what happened to me. And I started to see, okay, I'm not happy. Why am I not happy? I have everything that I on paper that I wanted, but I'm miserable. Okay, something has to shift. As I started to come into this process of going through the spiritual awakening, I really had to hit rock bottom to let go of all the things that I thought would make me happy. And to do that, you have to surrender it. Like, I walked away from a career where I was 
very successful, a group of friends that were always doing something, an engagement to a man that I thought it was going to be, you know, this life that I had wanted to create. And it was, it was terrifying, but like through that process of letting go of what I thought I wanted, then I went through this, a lot of people call it the void of really figuring out who you are. And it's a lonely period of really recalibration of going into shadow work of dealing with pieces of yourself that you haven't sat with to then understand what is it that truly makes you happy. So then that allowed me to come back to a place of love and surround myself with, you know, what do I love to do? What lights me up? Who lights me up? What feels in alignment rather than what am I supposed to be doing or what should I do? What feels right? And so that's how I, I stay elevated now is I truly just listen to my inner being and my inner knowing. And I don't, again, I don't dip into any of this stuff. Like you said, I don't watch the news. I don't, um, yeah, I just try to stay out of it because none of this is real life. It really is like a movie and like we create our own realities and I just, I like the reality that I live in and I'm just going to choose to be in that space. Yeah, I definitely live on a different planet all the time. I never dip into three. I'm always on 10, 11, 12. But I want you to please explain to the listeners, because I don't think some people know. Can you explain what you mean by surrendering and shadow work? Oh, surrendering. Um, That was a word that I really hated for a while. Once you hear it so many times and you're not really sure how to do it, it becomes one of those annoying cliche things that people say but then when you truly start to do it you understand the magnitude of what it involves and so for me it was surrendering the control of how I felt I needed to I guess control the outcomes of my life so I wanted to you know I still I want to find my person I want to be able to have a beautiful family a big piece of that for me is surrendering you know when I thought it would happen surrendering how surrendering who I thought this person would look like or be like and just trust that what the universe brings to me is going to be exactly what I need at that time and this is a piece that I've really really struggled with because I still am single and waiting for that person and you get brought different people along your journey so I've met some incredible men over the past couple of year couple of years and they've taught me so much about myself and it's like picking up puzzle pieces along the way so that when you meet the person that you're supposed to be with or when you manifest the thing that you're trying to manifest you're truly able to integrate it and hold on to it and that is is such a piece that isn't talked about enough with manifestation that is true i don't think that the journey of the lost pieces are really specified on people's path you know you go through thinking about your journey but you never do the shadow work or the surrendering to pick up the pieces that were left that never fit. Mm-hmm. And you have to realize it and be aware of the things that you didn't pick up that you dropped. Absolutely. Or pieces of yourself. So everything is a mirror. So when someone else triggers us, honestly, never has anything to do with the other person. It has to do with how you're taking it. Why is it affecting you in that way? And it's shining a light on a piece of you that needs some love and needs some attention. And through different relationships, we are triggered in different ways. And everyone is really bringing to us a lesson that we can learn and we can dig into and we can heal. And that is the shadow work piece, right? Being able to sit with that and say, okay, this person is triggering me in this way, but why, why is that triggering me? What from my childhood, what from growing up, what from any part of my, this can be from any part of your life that you've had a trauma with, you know, what have I not loved on or felt and released appropriately for this to not be a reoccurring theme in my life. As humans, we've been taught to 
not show emotions. You know, you're weak if you if you cry, you're weak if you have an outburst or you're crazy is a big term that they like to, you know, give women when they have reactions to things. Honestly, when we stuff those emotions down or stuff all of that stuff that needs to be experienced to save face in front of certain people or situations, eventually that all starts to add up. And then when we get triggered in different situations and people that come up in our lives, it's just going to keep happening until we take the time to sit with what it is that really affected us and then process all those emotions, whether it's crying, laughing, screaming, punching something, whatever it is, we are not taught how to release emotions at all. Or we, then we, some of us start to numb with alcohol or drugs or so many other things. And we are not taught that it's okay to release some of this stuff. And then it comes around and starts manifesting as physical ailments. So um, the shadow work is, is not just something that happens one time. It's layers and layers of healing that happen. And you meet different people. You go through different situations, all of it, to kind of peel those layers back to love on yourself. So that, again, when you are ready to manifest your, your end goal, really what you want, you've healed those pieces of you so you don't have to go through that when you are in the process of manifesting what you actually want or those aren't the reason why you lose what you tried to manifest because you weren't ready to to process it and actually hold on to it on an energetic level on an emotional level on a spiritual level and i want others to know just because i live and you also too i dip really high in different dimensions and vibrations but i still peel back layers it doesn't stop. Your journey and your path never stops in life. There is no ending. It's just like the universe. And as we talked before, society and earth always finds ways, especially people who are in charge. Okay, this is where we get into politicians <laughs> and religion. They try to find things that make us different instead of finding the things that make us similar to make us love one another and be kind to each other. It is honestly an ongoing battle to make us hate each other. It is. It's constant. I want to talk about a relationship in my life that has been really impacted by the healing that I've done for myself. So my relationship with my father has never been great. Uh, there have been moments where we have connected, but looking back, it was really when I was playing the roles that he had like laid out for me to play. And as I've gone through this journey and done a lot of healing myself, I was never validated by my dad. So I looked for that in other people. I looked for that in relationships. I looked for that in men that, you know, were not good enough. I, it was never held safe in that manner. Um, so I, you know, found other ways of seeking that. So once I learned how to validate myself, I was able to peel back that layer and look at my relationship with my dad in an entirely different way. And he has not done the healing to any extent that I've done, which is okay. We don't all come here to dig into the healing. Some of us are going to sit in the traumas that we've had, and that is just how we're going to operate. And he is someone who you can see his trauma come up in ev almost every interaction we have. He is triggered in some way or the other. I have had, in the beginning, it would really trigger me back, and I would be very reactive to the way he responded to me and spoke to me. And now, given that that kept happening, I'm like, what do I need to look at? What do I need to see? And it has brought me back to such a place of love and compassion because I can now look at him and I can see the hurt and the things that he has not been able to heal within himself. And it brings you to an entirely different space of compassion 
and being able to be objective and see what people are going through. Mm -hmm. Because then I, the reason I tell that story is because we meet people every day that are going through struggling and And you don't even know, and you have no idea. And a lot of us really want to make it about ourselves. And we, that person was so mean to me, this, that, and the other. And it takes, this is a process. I didn't do this overnight with my father, but if you keep practicing it, you're able to come out of this situation and be like, you know, they must have a lot going on and you start to see where the triggers lie. And the more you do it, the more clear it becomes. And you're able to show up in an entirely different way in your life. And you're not then affected by other people's energy and the way other people react because you know, in your core, it's not about you for them. And then the same way with how they're showing up for you, what are they meant to show you within yourself? Mm -hmm. So then it gives so much more compassion to other people and it shows us how much more alike we are than how different. So let me ask you this, because you and I may may do different things, because I, I do do similar things. If someone is negative to me, which it rarely happens, because when I meet people, my first thing is always be kind. When you're kind, nobody can say or do anything to it. I try to meet people, and after I meet them, I try to leave them with feeling better about themselves after having met me. So if I do get someone that has negative energy, I'm definitely going to pick up on the energy immediately. Mm-hmm. But if they're rude to me, I accept the emotion and I feel the emotion and I let it blow in the wind and forget it and walk on. You can't let those people's actions and feelings towards you affect you in every way for the rest of your day. It's negative energy. You have to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You have to be aware of what you are allowing into your field because you have the ability to protect your energetic I, I always call it a container. So I, when I'm around people, I am very cognizant of what I'm going to allow in and what I'm not going to allow in. And as empaths, sometimes we, when we feel other people's energy or if they're having a bad day or if they're angry, sometimes we tend to absorb that. You've got to get to a place where you don't absorb any of that anymore. And you're kind of like, I see you, I witness you, but the, like you said, blow in the wind, it's going to blow around me. I can see it. I can honor it for what it is. I can experience it, but I'm not going to hold on to it because yeah, when we hold on to it, then we dip our vibration down and it does nothing for us. Same thing goes for if you are meeting with a friend or or somebody who is grieving or who is going through something extremely painful, it does nothing for that person for us to carry that weight for them. It just means they are carrying the weight and then we are carrying the weight. The best way you can show up for those people is like you said, you can see their pain, you can honor their pain, you can witness their pain. And then you hold space for them to process. You do not have to physically take on what they are going through because that does nothing for either of you. It not only zaps your energy, but then they need somebody to just hold that space so they can feel safe to go through and process their emotions. Let's say I was going through something and I needed you as, as my bestie. How long are you going to be there for me until you say, hey, you really need to go see a professional and see a, a psychiatrist to yeah. help you through your grieving process? How long are you going to give me and be there for me until? you have to wean me I think it it definitely varies from person to person and it really boils down to how much work are you doing on the other end of it so if I can hold space for people that are doing the work I may need to do it in chunks because I have to be very cognizant of my energy and what I can bring to the table and boundaries are super important with that. So you have to know what your capacity is to show up for other people and then be able to set that boundary with them and just have a clear 
open line of communication. And I think when you are holding space for somebody in that capacity, you should be able to, you know, tell them how you're feeling and be very transparent. And I will oftentimes with friends say, hey, can I, you know, give you some direct feedback or can I be honest with you? And you say those phrases a lot too. And if somebody's ready to hear it, they'll say, sure. If they're not, they'll let you know. I don't want to hear anything that's not transparent. Mm-mm. I'm going to tell you now. Don't bullshit me. Tell it to me like it is. I don't need some a friend to tell me what I want to hear and not what I need to hear. But I think, too, then it from us picking up on each other's energy, too, it's like, what does that person need? So, like, I was thinking back to when we were in Colorado, and I didn't need to hear what I needed to do. I just needed you to witness me in this moment of, hey, I'm upset about this and I know what I need to do, but I just need you to kind of hold space for me. I told you to, didn't I? Yeah. I said, I'm going to tell you like it is. And And I did. And and I was like, you go, I don't need, I was like, I know. And I go, (laughs) but I don't need to hear that right now. I need you to, I just need you to let me process this. Yeah. Because I'm upset. It took you about, what, 30 minutes, an hour? it that's it sometimes that's all people need is like how do you need me to show up do you need me to show up and that's a those are great questions that I've been asking people lately too is how do you want me to show up for you right now and then I get to pull the hat on that they need do you want me to just console you because sometimes people just need to be they need to vent they need to just vent Mm -hmm. and they need to just have somebody witness what they're going through sometimes they need that little shove to be like let's get your energy right let's get you back on the train let's get you back you know in action you just i think it's good to ask people what they need Uh, can you tell me what you say i'm gonna steal that tell me what you say it's like how do you need me to show up for you what do you need from me right now oh man i love that because then you're able to, to show up exactly as they need. And Instead of guessing. Yeah. Did I hurt your feelings that day? No. Because I knew the normal me was like in that frequency. But this, that piece of me that day was kind of like, I'm sad. Mm-hmm. I just need to be, girl, it'll be okay. Oh man, now I feel like I didn't let you down. Oh God, no you didn't. Because you switched, your energy switched when I said that. I was that. like, okay, okay, yeah. I got you. And then we took 20 minutes of me being a little mopey and then. I was fine. Yeah, you were fine after that. Yeah. I just needed to have, again, we have to, when we have emotions come up, you just witness Accept them. Accept it. Witness them and experience mm-hmm. them and let them come out. I was sad. I let myself be sad. When I want to cry anymore, I will cry. Even if it's, hell, I cried on a plane. I, I just remember like a couple years, like a year or so ago, I was on my way back from Vail. I was sobbing. Saw people were probably looking. I didn't even care, and, I, and then I was fine five minutes later. But anymore, if and I'm not saying you have to do it to that extreme, but honor what is coming up yeah. and experience it because you are. Once you release those emotions, you create so much space for new emotions to come in, and it's you have to do that. You have to be able to release in order to receive. I do want to talk about how we manifest, you and I, but I also want to talk to you first before we get to that, the facade that most people have to put on to have others accept them. For instance, couples. I see so many couples out there, and you said it just a second ago. You were staying true to you. So many couples out there cannot be themselves with their partner. Guys, be who you are. Be proud of who you are. Don't hide who you are. Be the real you. So many people, it's a facade, just like society. Well, that's why you see the divorce rate at what it's at. That's why you see so many spouses cheating on one another. It's almost like they're worried about running out of time. Or they meet these people, and at the time, 
they may have been a fit, but we don't, I think we base a lot of the qualities in, in the foundational pieces that our relationships are built off of, off of things that mean are nothing. not our, yeah, that mean nothing and <laughs> are not our nothing. Because then as, you know, people grow, they tend to grow apart. And then usually people are coming into more of an aligned space with who they truly are. I think, you know, in your 30s, you start to like really see who you are. And most of these people are married way before then. Mm -hmm. And then they're looking at their partner and they're like, we have nothing in common, but we got to make it work for the kids or we got to do this. And uh, or they weren't true to their partner when they first met them. Yeah. Yeah, it's, It's the strangest thing I've ever seen in my life. It's, you know, people don't want to work through that, through the programming and through all this stuff. Because it's hard. But when you are who you're supposed to be and you are true to yourself, you are going to attract what is meant to be in your life. What is meant to be will be. And what needs to go, you got to put your hands up in the air and let it go. And thank the universe, thank God for them clearing it out. Mm -hmm. Because if it's truly meant for you, it will circle back around. You will not miss it. It will be clear as day. And if if you meet me... You're going to get the genuine me 100% of the time. Yeah, always. You too. I've never met you being somebody you weren't. Mm-mm. I didn't know you before. Prior, I would show up in situations who I needed to be. Mm-hmm. Before you met me, I would show up how I needed to show up in situations to get validation, to be approved of, to fit in. I lived my life that way for a very long time, okay. and it was exhausting. There were pieces of me that were true. But I didn't know who I was. And I didn't have the confidence to stand in my voice of who I was. Because that's completely different than the majority of people. Um, And I think that's another reason why people are scared. Because they're afraid that if they show up as somebody other than who they truly are. They won't be liked. They'll lose everything. Yeah. I say, great. Because they there, And you know what? I don't discount it. There's a lot of grief and growth. There is a Mm -hmm. lot of grief in letting go of who you were, who you were supposed to be, the people that you've brought into your life, the situations that you've brought in that aren't in alignment, because that becomes your identity. And you almost go through, you go through a death and then a rebirth. And there's a lot of grief in it. Don't get me wrong. But on the other side of that, it's great to know that like you're attracting the right people to attract and you're yourself. When I first met you, is that who I truly know today? I feel like it is. I've pieces, seen your journey. Pieces. I think that was really at the beginning of my journey when I was starting to set down more and more of who I used to be. Mm-hmm. So at my core, when you met me, for sure that I was starting to really shine through more and more. But I would say I am completely different now than the girl that you met in that. I would say you are different on a spiritual level, but the personality I met that day, it was meant to be. You argue, you can't argue it. <laughs> no, no. The, the role that we've played in each other's lives over the last couple of years, it's been um, incredible. Like I just, yeah, I never knew how much I needed somebody like you. And then that's, yeah. We're floating girl. Yeah. Some thankful. other place, some other place. <laughs> All right. Thankful. How do you manifest? Tell us. Manifestation. So this is a word that is thrown around a lot. And I've even seen some people, this really rattled me the other day. I saw this woman that has a a pretty good sized platform that's like, manifestation isn't real. Blah, blah, blah. Manifestation gets a bad rap sometimes because it doesn't happen immediately. That's right. It's a time. And then Mm -hmm. really people aren't 
walking through the process of how it actually works. So in order to manifest something, you can have, let's say I'm manifesting this dream home and I've got this picture in my head of what it looks like. The next step is I need to embody that like I already have it. Like exactly. what are the emotions? When I walk into that house, what do I smell? How do I feel? You know, what does it feel like when that when the sun is coming through that window? And I'm in the process of manifesting my house, so I do this all the time. I can see the sunlight coming in, you know, through the windows that wrap around, I, the coffee's on, so many things. I am in that energy as if I already have that. Like I'm in gratitude that I can walk out onto my deck and I can see the mountains in the background and I've got my horses down here. I mean, I'm in it so much that I can feel it. But then the other piece of it is also surrendering the control of how and when it shows up. Exactly. So a lot of times when we try to manifest, then we try to control and say, hey, I need to do X, Y, and Z in order to get there. Or I need it by 10 days. Yeah. Or it has to look like this mm-hmm. or that's not how it works. So when we start dictating the how, the when, and the where, what we're trying to manifest, the universe is like, we can't bring you what you need right now. Like if you're trying to say it has to show up in this way, that could be 20 years down the line. Yeah. Because our time is not the same as the universe's time. It could happen tomorrow. There is no time. If you surrender everything on how it shows up. Um, because then you become more aware to opportunities that are actually trying to inch their way in to get your attention. Like, hey, this is actually the next step, not the step that you thought, but so many people get tied to, I have to do it this way or it won't work. And that's when you start blocking the universe from bringing in all of the things that it needs to bring in in order for you to get to where you want to get. Another example that I always use is the people that win the lottery. The majority of people that win the lottery, they don't hold on to that money. And they don't hold on to that money because they don't have the foundational pieces that it takes in order to energetically interact with that money, um, physically interact with that money, to hold on to it. So it's no mistake the things that we go through on our journey of manifesting what we want to manifest because it's teaching us how to raise our vibration and then to hold on to what it is that we are actually manifesting. Because if we aren't laying those foundational pieces in order to hold on to it, we will lose it just as fast as we call it in. You've Mm -hmm. got to be ready for what you're manifesting. And the journey on which the universe takes you while you're manifesting is, again, picking up those puzzle pieces that you need in order to hold on to what the final product is that you're trying to bring to fruition. You are what you think, guys. It's all the laws of attraction, and this is proven. And if you want more information, I suggest reading The Secret. It was the best three books that I've read about manifesting your life and bringing into attention the things that you want in your life and the things that fulfill you and bring you joy and lead you on the path to success and living the life that you want to have. It's honestly really simple. I started manifesting my life at age nine. I talk about it all the time. Everything that I manifested from nine has happened in my mind and in my reality. People just have to do it. It, it is a very simple technique, and you have to trust the universe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you absolutely do. I wish I would have got started at nine. I saw it. I actually started seeing the power of manifestation even when I was plugged into the 3D. So when I was a financial advisor, we did this exercise where they were very much about, I would listen to that book. It's the oldest version of The Secret. Uh, it was on this audio tape What's by something Nightingale. But it constantly talked about you are what you think you are it was like a 45 minute tape I listened to it every morning when I drove to the office every single morning and then I started doing that same thing and I wrote 
I had this letter that it's, it was like three years in the future and I was writing back to myself and it's like, I've achieved this, I've achieved that, I've achieved this. And I kid you not, I did all those things that was in that letter. Yeah. All those things. And then I did like the vision board and I yes, the vision, vision board mm-hmm. and I didn't really understand how it worked then, but those are great things that you can do. But again, it's the surrendering of the how in the control. And if you want those things, you may have to change your whole life because yes. you may start to think, you may start to see areas where it's like, hey, this job isn't actually what I want. If I want this lifestyle that I think that I want, I'm not going to get it working this job. You know, I may have to start dipping into some things I actually love to do, mm-hmm. some things that light me up. Yeah. So it's, again, your whole reality may fall apart when you start to try <laughs> exactly. to manifest because the universe is going to shake out everything that is not in alignment with where you're trying to go. And the harder you try to hold on, the more the universe is going to knock the hell out of you. So I suggest people to think outside the box. That's all you have to do. Yeah. Think outside the box. Stop limiting yourself. Stop limiting yourself. Thanks, girl. Thank you. This is the Spirit Guider with Charlie May.